0: So from union with God, we then go out. So we're not going out to evangelize in order to impress God or, <laughs> or in order to like earn brownie points with the Lord. Uh, we're going out because we first received from him. And now we can't help but share uh, what he's doing in our hearts.
1: Welcome to Stories from the Street. This is Brian.
2: And I'm Beth.
1: And today we have Patrick Brennan, and we're excited to talk to him about the ins and outs of a new religious community that St. Paul Evangelization Institute is beginning in Detroit. How about that? <laughs> it's,
3: it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs>
4: More joy, Lord. All right. <laughs> More joy. Ask
1: me, Beth. what's new? Beth. <laughs> oh my gosh, Beth, can you tell me what's new? I tell you, what's going on
4: today is day two,
1: <laughs> day two of P90X because I never make it that far. <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's too day- so after day one.
4: Well, it's day one and it's day two. So it's okay. day one for St. Paul uh, Evangelization Institute being in their new office. Woohoo! So it's day one Whoa. for that, but
1: it's,
4: but it's day two for a brand new um, religious community that's just starting up here. And I'm so excited. I've been talking to the brothers. Um, I had them over for dinner last week just to kind of, you know, see how things are going. And I'm so excited to uh, bring them on and kind of share with our whole community, uh, our whole St. Paul Street Evangelization community, what's going on here in Detroit.
1: Yeah, this is completely new, isn't it? St. Paul Street Evangelization is really developing into something it's it's unfolding to a lot of different ministries that are all branching off and i don't think we've even talked about that on the podcast yet of what all saint paul street evangelization is doing because we're not even saint paul street evangelization officially anymore right
4: well, um, we are. I mean, every, are. anything that does the street evangelization, all the teams, that is still St. Paul Street Evangelization, but it's bloomed into some, some other different um, organizations, all under a new umbrella, St. Paul Evangelization Institute.
1: So we have the Institute, and then we have St. Paul Street Evangelization, and we have a new school that we're going to be starting up this fall, and then we also have this religious community that's going to be beginning, and it's day two of this religious community uh, that's, that's begun under our apostolate.
4: That's awesome. So yeah. let's get Patrick here to tell us a little bit about what's going on.
1: Yeah. Patrick, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. We're so excited to have you to be able to just talk about this religious community that has begun to form. And I would just love for you to have the opportunity just to introduce yourself um, and maybe how you even got involved with St. Paul Street of Evangelization to begin with.
3: Yeah, thanks so much, guys, for having me on. This is this is awesome. So as far as my own personal story, uh grew up in East Lansing, Michigan, and uh, actually was a youth minister in Flint, Michigan, when I first met Adam Janke, who is the vice president of uh, now the St. Paul uh, Institute. Wow. And he and I were both working in youth ministry at the time. This was back in 2012. And I remember... Things were just getting started with St. Paul Street Evangelization, and I don't think Adam was even working at all uh, with them yet. He was, things were just getting rolling, and uh, I remember going out with him and a group of people for Street Evangelization in Lansing, Michigan back then, and it was really my first experience uh, being out on the street sharing my faith, and it was surprising
1: to me how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> And how much I I took took to it naturally, or so you went out evangelizing on the street, and you were like, "There's no way I'm going to enjoy this." Like, well, wow. I was certainly open. Yeah, I, I was I
3: was open, but I just had never done anything like that before.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and really, we we weren't hearing uh, about street evangelization as an option in in the parishes I grew up in, or just it wasn't a category that I thought in. And so then when this opportunity came about with Adam, I said, sure, yeah, I'll go I'll go out with you. And I remember that first time going out on the, out on the street, I said, Man, I could do this all day.
2: <laughs> it was life giving, right? right yeah. It was. Yeah.
3: It was. And really from that experience, I began to uh, go out on the street more and more with the, the Lansing team and and then later on with some other teams in the Flint area. And a few years later, I ended up, I was a seminarian for the Diocese of Lansing, but I was kind of at a crossroads as far as uh, vocationally, where, God, where is God calling me? And about a, a little over a year ago, in October uh, 2017, I happened to have dinner with Steve Dawson and Adam, and the two of them began to share this vision for a new religious community of evangelists. And I realized that really God had set that up uh, and had been calling me, uh, setting things up in my life to uh, live a lifestyle of evangelization and to give my whole life as an evangelist. So when they set this vision before me, I said, this is me. And now here we are a year later uh, beginning things.
1: Wow. When they set the vision for you, was it an ask for you to be a part of that community or they were just telling you about it and you were just listening to them and you said my goodness my heart is just burning this is exactly what I would want to be a part of
3: Yeah they really they really just mentioned it just just set before me what they had been praying about and what the Holy Spirit had been putting on their hearts as far as a community of evangelists and what's really interesting is I remember a couple of years prior to that I had sat down and prayed about okay Lord if I if I could do anything in the church if if I could give my life to you in any way uh, you know, what would it look like? And I remember writing out, I want to be an evangelist. That's what I want to be. And, but I don't, but I didn't know what that would look like, you know, or, or what form that would take. And so then when Adam and Steve uh, began speaking with me about it, it was like, um, you know, God, God brought us together uh, in that moment.
1: Wow. And you've been on the streets working with St. Paul Street Evangelization since 2012. Yes, that's right. And, and do you have any stories? Like what's your favorite story to share in your work in street evangelization?
3: Well, I'll, I'll tell you uh, just a story from a couple of days ago. So we, wow. have, we have three uh, brothers who are beginning this, this religious community, this community of evangelists called the St. Paul Society of Evangelists. And we're living here, just moved, moved into our uh, new home here in Warren, Michigan, outside Detroit. And we decided on a couple nights after we moved in, we said, let's go out. Let's, let's, uh, you know, go out on the street, see, uh, where the Lord leads us. And 4th of July is coming up. Right. So we've got these, uh, tents, these, these, uh, firework businesses that are selling fireworks, uh, setting up tents. And, and we saw one of these tents and when we walked in and we, we looked at the, um, the storekeeper there, and we said, "Hi there. Uh, we're Catholic evangelists, and we love to pray with people." Is is there anything we could pray for you for? And so she starts telling us
0: how well I've been on my feet all day, uh, and so my ankles are swelling up and, and in pain because how much I've been standing. And so we said to her, uh, "Would you mind if we pray for you?" And right at that moment, when we were discussing with her about prayer, her her manager uh, walks up to us and we, we offer the same thing to him. We say, hey, we're about to pray with the cashier here. Is there anything we could, we're speaking to the manager now, we said, is there anything we could pray you for, for you for? And I had a sense in my spirit that uh, this manager had back pains, like the Lord was telling me this this guy, I just heard back pain in my heart. So I asked him, I said, do you happen to have any back pain? And he says, yeah, I have some serious pain in uh, uh, like my lower back. And so we prayed for him. And it was so amazing because what we really needed was we we needed the manager to be okay with Praying with his employee so it was like by praying with him it opened a door then to pray with with his employee he didn't indicate that he was healed of his back pain but he was blessed by our prayer and then after that um, the cashier uh, uh, invited us to pray with with over her ankles and as we prayed over her ankles you could actually see the swelling go down we actually we actually saw it go down and she's she's looking at her ankle and she's saying oh my gosh It's so much better than it was before. I can actually see my ankles now. The swelling's totally gone down. She calls up her husband on the phone and begins to testify to him about what just happened. Wow. It was an amazing
1: encounter. Um, And that's just one example.
2: Praise God. That's awesome.
1: Patrick, when did you start praying for healing with others? Yeah, you know, I know
0: that's relatively new for street evangelists in in St. Paul Street Evangelization. And for me as well, it's relatively new. Um, really only in the past two years, I would say, has, has that become a part of my life. And what's interesting is when, when I would go out in those initial years, when I would go out and share my faith, I would certainly share joyfully and offer prayer for people. But I didn't know that the power of God was available for healing. And, and for touching people in miraculous ways. I just wasn't aware of that. It was another paradigm that I just didn't think in. And now here we are in the, in the last two years. Uh, I've really grown a lot in terms of how to pray for healing, and I've seen many people healed. We actually were at a, a, a basic evangelization training workshop uh, over the weekend, and we had a couple of healings there as well. So these kinds of things are happening on a regular basis, and I believe that the more we walk in the in uh, healing, the more we walk in the gift of words of knowledge for people and prophecy for people, giving them words from the Lord. That this is just going to grow, and it's going to become a powerful part of how we evangelize.
2: That's amazing. Um, I got a question for you, real quick. Is that healing prayer and stuff? Is that reserved for just people that are in some society of evangelists, or is that something that is available? To even our team leaders that are listening mm-hmm.
0: I can tell you let me tell you something <laughs> a, 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 anybody who can speak a language can pray for healing, so if you're your five year old can you know or four years old whenever a child begins to speak, they can totally pray for healing because <laughs> uh, honestly healing prayer is it's a very childlike thing to do in the sense that you know, not everybody we pray for gets healed. And there's, there's a mystery in, in healing prayer. And so there needs to be this childlike attitude of, okay, I'm going to step out in faith and trust that Holy Spirit's going to bless this moment no matter what mm-hmm. happens. And when I started to grow in trust, uh, trust of the Lord that he was going to bless that moment, whether, whether the person experienced healing or not. Then I was able to get over that fear of, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? What if they're not healed? And all those uh, you know, kind of self-imposed arguments that we can get in with, uh, with ourselves that cause us to have fear. So I just wanna encourage anybody that God will bless your prayer no matter what. So you can step out for healing and anybody can do this. God can work through little children. If he can work through little children, he can work through anybody.
1: Uh, when someone gets healed, receive something as powerful as a physical healing, there is just uh, something beautiful about that testimony. I mean, I her husband must have been blown away by, you know, these Catholic evangelists came and just prayed for me and my swelling, my ankles went down and uh, there, I'm sure there was like, well, we should probably look into going to a Catholic church. <laughs>
0: Amen. <laughs> we that, need was, to go. that was the next step, right? So really? mm-hmm. after she she encounters the Lord's healing power, we we began to speak with her about, you know, do you have a church home? Um, where where are you at with the Lord? And uh, and of course now her heart is wide open uh, because the Lord just showed up in a powerful way,
2: just like Acts chapter four.
1: One of the things about healing ministry, as you mentioned, of it being childlike, and one of the things that also for me is it takes all the attention and the pressure off of me, Brian, as an evangelist and it puts it all in front of the Lord because Brian can't heal anybody. And I remember when I was first getting in the ministry it was all about how charismatic can be I can be and how, you know, how what can I do to be joyful enough to draw people to the Lord. And I remember the first time I actually did uh went to a hospital to pray for those who were sick and going to emergency rooms and seeing, you know, real suffering and being able to offer them communion. And I knew they weren't just looking for a good person who was able to be joyful, although that's, that's part of being a Christian. I mean, they were really just looking for Jesus, you know, and I, like the fact that Jesus gave me the opportunity to be in, in his place so that they would, they could see Christ in me. Uh, was like one of the most humbling things that I recognize in my own spiritual life is like, how can I conform myself more to Christ? And that is the most is just very humbling to be able to be offered healing prayer to those that we encounter because Patrick Brennan doesn't heal people, you know, that's right. <laughs> you can't be, you can't, you can't be formed enough. You have to be very childlike in your, in your faith to be able to offer something like that.
0: Yeah. And, and just to connect that with this, the, uh, this new community, Patrick Brennan doesn't start uh release community <laughs>
1: Only the Holy Spirit does. The Lord does that. Um, I'm so, glad you're bringing it back. So this yeah, yeah. <laughs> it back to, uh, you know, the reason we're even having you on, because this is so exciting. I mean, I think healing prayer is exciting. We do have formation and we do offer healing treats around the country for people to be able to learn more about that. And that is becoming a big part of our apostolate. But I mean, tell us yeah, more. yeah, can you tell us more about the society yeah. that's beginning, uh, that the Holy Spirit's beginning and that i um, using you to help direct? Uh, just what what is your daily life going to be like and um, who's going to be a part of it? I would love to just hear, you know, more about it.
0: Yeah, so uh, initially we have three brothers, just lay, lay brothers who have uh, committed to coming together in community life. We kind of came into our first official day together yesterday. We, we planned starting July 1st, so yesterday was our first official day and Uh, we were invested with the Miraculous Medal. And if you're listening to this and you're involved with St. Paul Street Evangelization, you know that the Miraculous Medal is um, a a central way in which we evangelize. So uh, the three of us are are wearing um, a large Miraculous Medal as an indication of our commitment to this new community. And really, we, we see the community as under the special protection of our Blessed Mother, uh, and then under the patronage of Saint Paul. So Saint Paul is is the father of this community, and and uh, Mary is is really the mother of the community. So we we see the two of them as complementing each other in spirituality, where uh, you know Mary is certainly fully united to the Holy Spirit, fully receptive. Uh, to the work of God in her life, and really this this contemplative uh, dimension that we want cultivate, to cultivate in our community. So before we even go out as evangelists, before we even try and, you know, convert the world by the power of the Spirit, first thing we want to do is cultivate union with God through the intercession of our mother, that we want to be united to God in all things. We want to have a deep prayer life. And so uh, prayer in common is very important for us. We're going to be Praying. We are praying uh, all five of the major offices of, of the divine office together in common, as well as having a, a holy hour of prayer in the morning and the evening. And then there's other times for worship, times for devotions that uh, we may set aside in the future. But right now that's kind of the, the skeleton construct is uh, liturgy of the hours and then those two bookend holy hours during the day. And then in the afternoon and evening, we see that as our time to then go out. So from union with God, we then go out. So we're not going out to evangelize in order to impress God or or in order to like earn brownie points with the Lord. Uh, We're going out because we first received from him. And now we can't help but share uh, what he's doing in our hearts. So uh, we really see... Uh, a, a significant period of evangelization each day for the members of the, of the community, two, two to three hours each day, um, and then flowing out of that time of evangelization as we build relationships with people around us, people in our community, we hope to disciple people. So to take them further than just a conversation on the street, but then uh, to enter into a long-lasting relationship with them where they're able to be more deeply rooted in their faith. And hopefully that will lead to communities, small communities of disciples in our neighborhoods, with families, in people's homes. Uh, so we really see a, a, a culture being built up around the work of this society So that the whole world can become disciples. Wow,
2: that's awesome! I love it. How it's like you start in, start with prayer, you go out with the intention of bringing them back. You know, this Mm -hmm. this beautiful circular motion of, uh, you know, all through the Holy Spirit. I think that is that's really key.
1: It is. Uh, Have you done anything like that before, Patrick, on the street? Uh, You know, led begun street evangelization and followed up with them and done discipleship or this is something that the lord is calling you to do at this point because now you're going to be grounded there in michigan
0: yeah for me that's that's a new step um you know i've Mm -hmm. certainly done lots of evangelization before and and i've done lots of work in uh in parishes before you know Mm -hmm. in youth ministry Uh, and then being connected to parishes and Catholic life all my life. But I think one of the things uh, that's necessary in the church now is not just saying to somebody on the street, well, hey, here's, here's where I go to church on Sunday. Here's a list of the mass times. Please come. What we need is we need... Uh, disciples who are willing to make other disciples and walk with people mm-hmm. and say, hey, could we uh, come over to your house and maybe have uh, a time of Bible study or a time of prayer ministry? Or would you like to to uh, meet with us uh, you know, over coffee or uh, whatever so that we can get to know the person more rather than just saying, hey, why don't you get plugged in at church again? Because what mm-hmm. people really are thirsting for is relationship, right? Like, They need relationship with Jesus and they need relationship with other brothers and sisters who are walking in Christ. I mean, the whole, the whole reason that uh, this community has come together in the first place is because God has designed us to live in communion with him and with one another. So we're, we're better as disciples when we're living in community. So uh, even if somebody is uh, you know, married or single or, Uh, whatever their state in life happens to be, we're all designed to live, in a certain sense, the communal life.
2: Can you, um, you you keep using this one term that I think sometimes gets mixed up. Could you maybe define what you mean when you say discipleship? Like you want them to be your disciples? That's, you know, that's sometimes what what people hear. So just because, um, just so people understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, so um, obviously we want every person to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe you guys have heard it before that uh, God has no grandchildren.
2: (laughs) Say it. So God has no grandchildren. So no one's a disciple of a disciple in that sense.
0: Not not in that sense. I mean, certainly, like Saint Paul, uh, you know, talked about uh, being being a father, referred to himself as a father for Timothy, Saint Timothy, but that doesn't mean right that Timothy said, okay. Uh, I'm committed to everything that Paul is, and that's going to take away from Jesus. No, what it was doing was saying, I'm learning about Jesus from Paul. I'm learning to imitate Paul as he imitated Christ, right? So everything goes back to Jesus. And what we're not trying to do is, you know, some sort of Catholic pyramid scheme. That's not it at all. Mm. We want uh, every person to come into a living dynamic daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And we, we, we need each other in order to do that. It's not, it's not a me and Jesus two-step. It's mm-hmm. something where we're, we're together as one body and we're walking, we're walking in, in together as the body of Christ.
1: That's beautiful. And the, we're talking about now discipleship and a providing a way for those in the community to be formed. Uh, you know, I have this desire to make Christ a center in my life, but you don't just say, go do that. It's like, man, how can you help me to be a disciple? How do I pray? How do I read scripture? I need an example to follow. And I even hear that when people want to say they want to start a street evangelization team. It's like, I just want to go see it. So that way I can have this sense of after this experience, maybe I could go bring it back. And I think that's something that um, maybe you could do with those on the street is, they hear about Jesus and that you hear about, I want to make Jesus like, you know, the center of my life and I want all my decisions and everything to go around like my, this new faith that I have, this new foundation, but how do I do that? And you offering the opportunity to, you know, walk with them, to help them read scripture, to help them learn how to worship the Lord through the mass and, uh, and how to pray. I mean, that would be, that'd be wonderful. And just out of curiosity, what is—is is there any sense of formation for you guys as a society of apostolic life? I mean, it's surrounded with prayer, uh, which is wonderful. Is there any sort of other formation that w- is going to be offered to the guys that are in the community?
0: Yeah. So, um, first of all, I'll do a shameless plug here. <laughs> we, we we are currently we're in in need of uh, a priest or priests plural who would be uh, willing to. Uh, join our, our society, join, join this community as a spiritual father, because um, right now it's just three lay, bro- lay brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hope in the future for the community to uh, involve every, every vocation where we have a community of brothers, priests, sisters, uh, and then also lay membership um, as people are able to share in our, in our spirituality and in our, in our apostolic life. But, as far as formation right now, what we really what we really want to do is we want to we want to uh, cultivate this life in the Holy Spirit. so what does that look like practically? It means being open to all the spiritual gifts first of all, so we began talking about healing, talking about uh, you know a word of knowledge from the story I shared, and those are things that we want to grow in as evangelists because we realize that on the street, a, a, uh, a debate with somebody is not what we want, where we get into a who's right, who's wrong debate. What we want to do is we want to touch people with the presence of God. We want them to know mm-hmm. that God loves them, that he's real, that he has a plan for their life. And and so as evangelists, we want to continually grow in uh, the life and the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so there's different you know teachings that that we're going to be drawing from. Uh, certainly, the 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 healing and evangelization materials that Saint Paul uh, already provides as an institute. But then, you know, there's other, um, like maybe some maybe you guys have heard of um, Dr. Mary Healy. She recently wrote a book uh, with Randy Clark called The Spiritual Gifts Handbook. And Mary Healy is a leading Catholic scholar. And So this stuff is. Uh, really coming to the forefront in the church right now where people are realizing that, you know what, apologetics, uh, as good as it is and as necessary as it is, is not enough. We need God's power. We need his manifest power with us on the street. Um, So it's going to be a big part of our formation. And then I would say a a second piece for us is going to be Uh, what is is the Lord doing in terms of our community life and being of one heart and mind as brothers in the Lord? Because I think sometimes what can happen is you can share the same roof with somebody, but you're not necessarily of one heart and of one mind. So we don't want to just share the same roof. We actually want to walk in step with each other and really cultivate a, a brotherhood and a family life as we live together.
1: That's amazing. And uh, that's a, that's my question Patrick is this still open for other people to join you in your community there in Detroit and what is what is your vision for this even expanding to other states or around the world
0: Right now we have the the men's community uh, as far as being open for those who are interested so unmarried, Catholic, and good standing, typically between 18 and 35, although it's possible a man could be a little bit older and we may consider older applicants. But right now, that's, that's who it would be open to. And, and I would say that the, the vision is uh, to begin here in, in the Detroit area with our initial house, And then from here, we want to take this to the major media markets around the country and have community houses all over the country in in the places, especially urban places where there's lots of people that are in need of discipleship. And uh, God willing, I would love if it expanded around the world. That would be amazing. <laughs> May it happen by the power of the Spirit.
1: It does. I mean, I talk to people all around the world that feel called to the work of street evangelization, so I would not be surprised one bit if someone feels called to be able to devote their life to a particular community like this.
2: So many of our team leaders are just love their their evangelization to it. And they have other things in their lives, their jobs, their families, their, you know, the homes to take care of. And they still carve out the time that they can because it, like, like we said at the beginning, it's so life-giving. So what a blessing if you really have that on your heart to do this full-time that God says this is your vocation, that there is a place to go. I think that's that's beautiful.
0: It is. Yeah, And of course, everybody's called to evangelize, um, but This community is particularly for those who are saying, I'm called to a life of evangelization. I'm called to give my life, to lay down my life, uh, to be an evangelist of the gospel of Christ.
1: And uh, how beautiful it is that the foundation for that evangelization is first and foremost, praying. It's, when you describe the life of being a part of the, the community, you're like, okay, we're going to be praying all the liturgy hours and two holy hours a day and go on the daily mass. <laughs> and now that's your life of committing to evangelization. But obviously it's just, you know, it sounds like Mother Teresa's sisters Where I mean, they're just full of prayer and then service and your prayer and then evangelization is going to be really exciting. I can't wait to see what the Lord does with and through you guys. And how is it... If someone feels called uh, to be a part of this, you mentioned, you know, men, at least right now, we're in Detroit, we have a men's community. So men who are between 18 and 35, how is it that they do apply?
0: Yeah, so we're, we're working on a, on a website and a little bit more of a, of a, a protest, professional and, uh, you know, public appearance on, on the web for our community. But right now, anybody can, can email me. So my email is patrick at... StPaulSociety.com.
1: okay how
2: do you spell saint paul
0: ah good i'm glad you said that. <laughs> so stpaulsociety.com uh-huh.
1: and i'll i'll put it in our notes so anyone listening to this podcast they can just go to our notes section and be able to find your email there
2: that's awesome,
1: awesome. that's I perfect that
2: anyone that feels a little bit of a you know an urge for it they would they would at least Contact Patrick and get their questions answered. You never mm-hmm. know what the Lord is calling you to.
0: And if you contact mm-hmm. me, I promise to pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and I'll, <laughs> I'll pray. I even pray for healing too.
1: If you have anything. I would love prayer for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Maybe after this, so you can pray for me. Amen. Let's do that, it. That'd be great. Um, so. I mean, that's it. Oh, in terms
2: wait, wait a minute. I got one more question for Patrick. Okay, what's that? Mostly it's uh, So Patrick, mostly our team leaders uh, listen to this. Do you have anything in particular that you could encourage the team leaders with or give them some best practices or something? Because um, you remember when you just first started out being a team leader. So what, what can you encourage them with?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say to remain childlike in your approach to evangelization. Sometimes when we're maybe around the Catholic Church our whole lives, or if we, if we feel like we've become, quote-unquote, professional evangelists, it can rob us of that childlike joy in sharing the gospel. So I would just remind any of the team leaders who's listening that none of us are professional evangelists. It's not like, you know, we've earned this place in the kingdom of God where, oh, now we know, we know exactly what we're doing at every moment. No, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit in all things. We want to totally depend on our, on our Father, our Heavenly Father, as His children. And you can go out with the confidence every time that your Father's going to show up. The Holy Spirit's going to show up. So anytime you pray for, with somebody for healing, He's always going to show up. So I just encourage that childlike trust, step out in faith, have fun with it, right? do it in joy, knowing that your Father has you at every
1: moment.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That holy boldness and joy.
1: Oh, that's great. Amen. Yeah. So Patrick, will you will you say a prayer for me for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Yes. That'd be awesome.
0: Let's pray. We'll just pray for all of us right now. That'd be great. Ask the Holy Spirit to come. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We praise you for your presence in us. That you are you are alive in us. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to stir, stir up into a flame your presence in us right now. We ask for more, more of you in our lives, more of your power in our uh, work of evangelization, more uh, of your presence in our prayer life, Lord, that you would touch us again uh, with a fresh outpouring, that you would uh, bring our... uh, Our work alive Lord if there's if there's any parts of our life right now that need to be breathed on by your power I just pray if there's any parts any anything in in our lives right now that need to be breathed on breathe on it Holy Spirit breathe on it in Jesus name right now and we just pray we speak new life and new vision into whatever it is that the Lord's put on our hearts and we just, we want to pray and we want to declare that there's, there's no limits to this, that the Holy Spirit is going to do miraculous things through our lives. He, miracles are going to happen through our hands, signs and wonders, that there's going to be amazing things. We're going to be so amazed at what God does through us. And I just want to speak against any discouragement that we ever feel, any despair, Uh, thinking like, oh, it's not going as as good as I think it will, but that we would hold on to the truth that God is going to do great things. He's going to do more than we could ever possibly imagine. That's what Jesus Christ does. He does more than we could ever possibly imagine. So I just speak that in your heart, Brian, that God's going to do more than you could ever possibly imagine through your life, and the same for you, Beth, the same for me, in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. More, more, more. More. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Yeah, Beth, any last thoughts?
2: I want to say that we're St. Paul Street Evangelization. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know if I can remember it all. You, you oh, oh yeah.
1: You don't have your sign next to your desk. You're at our new office. I
2: know. I don't have
1: it. <laughs> and it's all... Oh, yeah. You say,
2: any, <laughs> are you going from a previous one or do I have to say it?
1: No, you definitely have to say it.
2: Okay. See if I can get it. Uh-huh. We're St. Paul Street Evangelization, where we train, train, equip...
0: Mobilize? As
2: well. Oh, shoot! <laughs> We're St. Paul Street Evangelization, where we train, equip, and mobilize ordinary Catholics to do the extraordinary work of evangelization in order to save souls.
1: Amen. All right, thanks again, Patrick, for being on.
0: Oh, it was awesome. Loved awesome.
1: it. Awesome.